0: Good afternoon or evening, ladies and gentlemen, Crypto Traders Worldwide. Um, This was a very challenging week just because I'm stuck in this stupid course that I have to finish up this week. But I did get confirmation that it is going to conclude this week. And fortunately for you guys, once it's done, I'm now I did my appointment I had to do today. I thought it went well, but who knows? So now I'm kind of at a crossroads, you know. Um, Either I'll end up being occupied from 8 to 5 going forward, and that means that the morning updates will come back, or I'll end up being occupied from 10 to 7, which means the morning updates will come back. So, like, I win either way, but at least for the next week or so, and then I got another update from a government agency I was waiting on. Like, things I've been waiting on are starting to move. So I have one government agency that owes me some money and then another one that owes me money. And they're both saying their things are going to move, which excites me because it took them long enough. And then there's another government agency that owes me money that never got back to me. And I don't expect that they will. And that's okay, because I can just this other government agency will still owe me money regardless. So there's money movement and then there's this schedule nonsense that's going on. So I feel I don't know. It feels like a tug of war at times, you know stuck in the middle with you kind of thing. And so I'm now settling back into a groove and I'm getting back into the flow of it. So I owe you an update on the crypto side and I want to stay true to that commitment. So I want to tie my next update into crypto by a projection. But before I do, I want to clarify that there are some casual people out there that don't understand. And this is the reason why Networks like CNN are so popular in certain places. I want to make sure I explain for some who don't get it the difference between a journalist and a podcaster. A journalist, by and large, is expected to have done extensive research on a coverage of a topic that is independently verifiable, often stated as fact, and they may or may not introduce their opinion with this information. A podcaster is almost 99.95% opinion. However, we support our opinions with factual data points where they are most relevant. If you hear me refer to someone as a gender that is not accurate, I would not attribute that to being a failure of fact, simply that it doesn't really matter because if the context of what I was talking about is still true, it doesn't matter whether they wore a skirt or not. And I'm saying that not to dismiss any gender of any kind, but there were some call-outs of, well, that's a she, do, do, do. I don't care if it's a she or a he. They're incompetent regardless. That's what I'm getting at. So if you hear me misuse a gender because of whatever reasoning, I want you to focus more on the content of what I'm trying to tell you because chances are the content of what I'm trying to tell you is still accurate. If I call you an idiot, it doesn't matter if you wear a skirt or you wear pants or you wear a bra or you don't, you're still an idiot. The fact that I called you an idiot is the relevant point. I don't frequently call people idiots. If you've listened to the podcast, you know it takes a lot for me to call somebody incompetent, and I've only done it on select few occasions, and it's because as an investor in an investment-based project, I expect more of you that you've done due diligence before getting involved. And if you're in over your head that you bow out gracefully and allow people that are a lot more learned than you to take over the project for the good of the investors. But when I see so many projects that they don't, they're just arrogant, right? I talked about ego on a previous episode about they're just, they just roll forward and they don't listen to the investors and they don't ask for help. And then they make mistakes and they don't own the mistakes. I, will, I might call you a little bit incompetent because you're not serving your investors. That has nothing to do with whether you wear a skirt, whether you wear pants, or whether you wear a bra, or whether you don't. It's about the fact that you're incompetent and possibly an idiot. So if you at any point question any of the information I provide, you will hear me frequently, I would say constantly, say to you, I implore you to do your own research and come to your own conclusions because I cannot decide for you. All I can do is share what I see and what I hear. And in many cases, I'm focused on the core of what's relevant, whether it's I believe it's a scam in my own opinion, whether I believe that it's well-managed or poorly managed, whether I believe it's worth your money to toss a little bit or a lot, whether I think it's a long haul or not, whether I think that this was a token that has the best of intentions for its investors, Or it seems like there's some greed going. These are all statements I make that you need to independently vet and make your own decision about and not just follow what I say. And I did say that before. Don't just blindly follow what I say. Make your own decision about what makes sense for you. Now let's get to the fun stuff, shall we? Enough of that. On the United States government front, because it's relevant, I don't know if any of you heard there was an interview with the vice president and a person called Charlemagne the God. Uh, You might laugh at the name, and you should, but the interview, it went on for about 20 minutes-ish, and there was a point where, so there's a senator, his name is Joe Manchin. He's a Democrat, and he has frequently now at this point stalled progress with the Democrat current administration, and it's because he is a conservative-type Democrat in the sense that he doesn't believe that we should just rampantly increase inflation that we should just keep on increasing the bill for our kids and our grandkids. And he seems to have a level head about himself. He does think that we should have some aid in targeted aid places, right? But he doesn't support just willy-nilly spending and spending and spending just because you're in charge. And so he's tanked a couple of bills and he's caused some delays. And Charlemagne the God calls this out with Kamala and asks the question, which is a fair question, who's running the government then? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden? And there's a funny moment where the spokesperson, or whatever her name is—I don't even follow this—Simone Sanders says, "You know, okay, cut, cut. We got to cut. It's a wrap. We're having technical issues." Do, do, do. And it's a—it's a funny segment if you get a chance to watch it. Of course, mainstream isn't covering it, but if you do some searches, it is coming up. I suggest you avoid Google, but if you search on like DuckDuckGo or some unbiased search engine like StartPage, you will see tons of results from non-mainstream covering this and some video and it's a very hilarious situation. But the reason that it stood out is because if you, if you really read what Joe Manchin's big beef is with a lot of these bills, he's trying to rein in inflation. He's trying to say that we're already at a point where we're making it harder for the American people to do what they're doing. And he just simply doesn't believe in waste or pork or any of that kind of stuff. And we spent a lot already, not just because of the current administration, but to get past the initial stages of the pandemic There was a lot of spend. Now, to be fair, the vast majority of that money didn't go to you and I in America. It went overseas, possibly to our allies. And I saw crazy stuff like helping, you know, women's rights and all this that that really have no relevance in a pandemic. So, yes, there was a lot of spend. But I don't think it's fair to blame the previous administration for any part of the spend because a lot of that was baked into an omnibus bill. Some of which was kind of his hand was kind of forced because he needs to get aid to the American people. So now we fast forward and we have basically Democrats in all three of the majors in charge. But you've got one that's not really rogue, but he's just calling out. I'm not going to support that because it's not the right answer. Whereas they should be able to do blowout after blowout, get bills out without half breathing. And they're having a hard time doing so. And Biden's Build Back Better bill gets slimmer and slimmer as they try to cut out some of the pork. But it got me thinking that when you have this kind of contention, even within your own situation, and you can't get your own people to understand that, hey, this is the wrong way to do this, and we should not be saddling people with this, well, now you are in a bear season. So in crypto land, people are buying less cryptocurrency. There are some sales. Some of them are just normal sales, and some of them are like Christmas sales, and some of them are trust in the token or some are scams. There's all sorts of reasons for sales, but by and large, we see a lower buy activity. I was looking at one that recently came onto L Bank, and its volume was way low. It was like hundred thousand, and I for something like it, it's a lesser known token. But I would have expected, having launched on L Bank, that it would have been in five hundred a million because they put advertisements all over the place. Like they're, I want to say it's like China, and Japan. They have physical flyers all over the place at bus stops and everything. So I would have assumed that that guy would have spiked, and it's not. Now, I believe, personally, this is a symptom of the bear season and not the token itself because it's a solid token. I've talked about it before. But the whole government rigmarole and everything that's going on got me thinking. Since we have, even in our government, a disagreement, we, we, they simply cannot get along and cannot agree that this is worth doing and it makes sense. And we're running into this scatterbrain situation where now they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off, trying to get aid where we do need it. But then on the flip, you have announcements that well, Omicron's not that bad, and there's not a lot of hospitalizations. And yes, it's more virulent, but we're not seeing people die as much from it. And you know, the government's like, oh, crap, that's not good. We need to keep our emergency in place so that we can be totalitarian like we were. We don't want to lose the power. We need to tell people, you're gonna die, you're gonna die like chris tucker so you got the government who's trying to create this sense of urgency false though it may be and then you got medical professionals and everybody else saying well omicron's really not that bad yes you're going to catch it and it's kind of endemic the covid you're going to catch it we need to have solutions to help you get past it and we do need to think about boosters of the fox scene but ultimately we need to start talking about how do we create over the ideally over the counter Ways to simply manage symptoms, which is what we've done for things like the flu, is we created over the counter tools. Well, the government doesn't want that because, again, it creates a chicken little with them because they're going to lose the power to abuse people and lock them down and all this stuff. And then you got Fauci going back and forth, we're going to have to lock down. No, we're not going to lock down. They are afraid of losing the power that has created the totalitarian situation we've been in. And when these cases go to court now of these foxy mandates and everything, it lessens their case. They're not going to be able to be strong about that anymore because the emergency is now dwindling. That's the truth. So numbers is the only thing you have left of 60,000 and hundred thousand, of course, not put in context out of 307 million Americans. And then you talk about people traveling overseas, certain countries have done lockdowns again because Omicron's getting out of control and they're pointing at that and saying, see, they're doing it. We need to do it. Do, do, do. And the truth is, those countries don't have anywhere near the level of access to care that certain other countries might have. And so it's not a fair shake comparison. I don't think apples to apples. All of that got me thinking. Is it possible that with general cryptocurrency that you might have situations where People are reacting to the potential of more lockdowns. Let me follow what I'm saying. There are a couple of tokens that I want to call out. One of them is uh, it's called NSAV, and I've never heard of the token before this. But NSAV, it started making major headlines. It originated out in the United Kingdom, and I know I have a couple of people that are from the United Kingdom. But this token apparently originated from the United Kingdom. And it's been doing a lot to get the word out to its various people that were trading on the token. And it's creating strategic partnerships with a lot of various hedge funds and capital um, shareholders. So they have, in my opinion, stepped up in a very bare market and they're, they're aggressive. I'm talking aggressively pushing this thing, which is unique and very few of them are doing the same. well, as I look at the token and I look at the tokenomics, it doesn't stand out to me as superior. When I say superior, I put it in quotes, superior to any other token that it's more worth this one over another one. However, it's, it's able to thrive. And it got me thinking that maybe people now are less looking at the tokenomics of a thing and they're possibly reacting to the fact that many of these token providers are simply not putting themselves out there. And the ones that are still pushing, they're still trying, are the ones that are getting the money. Well, this got me, this resonated with me in another token that's called Affinity. I covered it before. And there are no exchanges, doot, doot, doot stance that I criticized them on because I feel that you should actively be working to get more investors not sit on your hands and try to pout and complain because people don't want to do it your way. As an investor that you might be, and I am, I think it's important that we, our money is used to support what we want, not what somebody who runs the token wants. So everybody who's invested in a cryptocurrency wants higher value and higher volume because you want a return on your investment. I said it on multiple occasions. The only reason you do this is to at some point make money, period. You might believe in the project at some level, but at the end of the day, you want to make money. You want a return on your investment. This cannot happen without volume and without value. When you have tokens that don't try, meaning they're not stepping out of side of their comfort to try to find different investors, your volume doesn't increase. And if your volume doesn't increase, you as an investor are not getting the value out of it. So you... Feel like your token might be abandoned or might not have your best interests at heart and you might be right and that's the wrong way to be we don't want crypto that's just sitting on its hands not trying we want crypto that actually is working hard to push the envelope and find more people because you as the existing investors matter and you should have your value increase and i'm sorry i will say this and anybody who wants to debate me i want to smoke You cannot significantly increase your volume without exchanges and without hard advertising. And nobody suggests that it's a breeze to do this stuff, but we're saying that it's necessary because you're doing a service to your investor. See, it's different with crypto because there's no tangible something. Like with stock, you have a stake in the ownership of the company. That's why I treat crypto very similar. You have a stake in the ownership of a thing, and they should not be sitting there misusing your funds by doing nothing or doing failed marketing strategies that we know are not the long-term best interest for the existing investor pool or only going after new investors at the expense of existing investors. It's a fine science and it's hard to balance it all. I'm not suggesting it's easy. I'm saying it's necessary. That's kind of my messaging for you is if you are an investor now, You deserve to have your money used correctly in support of you getting a return on your investment. And then you have every right to do whatever you want to do with your tokens, but at the end of the day, they work for you, not the other way around. And I hope you are impressing that upon them. I know many don't listen, but the smart ones will listen, and the smart ones will get to the point where they say, you know what, he's absolutely correct. There are investors. We need to take really good care of them. Some of these tokens are doing that. Some of them are not, and it's really frustrating, and I hope... We get to a point later in our journey with cryptocurrency where we start to see more of the tokens step up and do the right thing for their investor pools and not play the game of sitting on their hands doing nothing, which doesn't serve you, it doesn't serve me, and it frankly pisses me off. So that's my halfway rant, halfway informational piece. I just wanted to put that out because I see too much shift in the crypto industry right now with Right now, being a bear season, to me, this is the time when you really should be getting people's interest because I suspect, as I've said in Q1, it's going to start being bullish. And I suspect we will start seeing some strong price movements going forward. But we need to, I think we need to keep that momentum. We need to keep moving forward and not just sit on our laurels because it's not going to serve anybody. to sit and do nothing when we could actually be working to try to serve our investors correctly. Now, I want to wrap up by covering a token, and it is not, I wouldn't say it's an underdog token, let's say, well, it kind of is, but I wouldn't say, I don't think it's fair because it's been around for a while. I'm going to call this token, rather than an underdog, I'm going to call this token kind of one of those sleep on it type tokens, meaning that it doesn't, it's not anywhere near the raw potential that I started seeing in it later on the token's name is internet computer and this token i should say it's a coin because it has its own deal but i think internet computer it went by a different name and i forget what the name was before but it didn't really it wasn't really much back then but internet computer its price movement is strange because it has had significant drops as in unbelievable like algorand's had drops and others have had drops this one's had way higher drops and i'm not sure why specifically because the fundamentals are sound with the token and when you look at what they're trying to do with their blockchain there's no real reason why it should not have the same upward trend momentum as a solana because in what they're trying to do they should be skyrocketing by now and instead it has tanked significantly So I suspect that there have been some challenges in getting launched. The main reason I want to call them out, though, is that I talked in the previous episode about different tokens that start to get into play-to-earn games. And creating games as a one utility of many, I think is a way for the next wave of potential breakout stars. I believe that it's going to be gaming, and I think that gaming is an underrated, understated, Use of cryptocurrency, we can talk about other utilities like with Luffy in the medical field. But the truth is, is that gaming is one of those persistent things that doesn't go away. Gaming is one of those things where it's, it's everywhere. Everybody at some level has gamed at some point on some device. If you think the older generation, that might have been an Atari, it might have been a computer. And then certain generations, it might have been certain consoles and certain generations, it might have been on your phone. But the point is, is that gaming is kind of ubiquitous. We know that gaming is around us and it's everywhere. Even if you yourself don't game, say, anymore, or maybe you game, but not heavily. The point is, is that gaming is there. And I would argue if there were games that you felt worth your time, you might consider doing it again. But you also have other games where if they were built to keep your interest, as opposed to games that are designed to just basically waste your time, in my opinion, I think you would see an increase in gaming, but we already have a significant amount of people gaming right now. So if you increase that number and each one of those is accumulating crypto and each one of those holds crypto, you've got a massive potential there to really shake up how crypto value is perceived because there's now more holders just by them doing what they already do. In order to do that, you're going to need to have games that really attract people, that keep people in the loop, that keep people engaged and entertained long enough for them to get to the point of making enough crypto that it makes sense and then holding the crypto. So the Internet Computer Token and the blockchain, they are now starting to dabble more into the gaming space, and I'm looking at the kinds of things that they're doing with the blockchain, and I'm calling them out to give them kudos. I'm not going to do a technical analysis because I'm going to leave that to you if you think it makes sense I'm giving them kudos for what it appears to be a strong approach to how the token needs to work in the future. Like they're, they seem like they're at the forefront of the so-called metaverse in what they're trying to get do get done. And if we see more from them released that are of interest to the community and they can integrate not just their token, but others in the ecosystem as part of this and use that as a framework to move forward, it can create a model for the way other other ones can work where they have not had heavy focus on those sides. Let me summarize what I'm saying for you. The one thing that stands out to me about Ethereum, I'll pick on Ethereum. Ethereum was a right place, right time introduction, as an alternative to making crypto more accessible beyond what Bitcoin was able to do. So because of Ethereum level one, we were able to get many, many other types of tokens, different kinds of investments. Gas fees started to hold us back. Layer two shows up and we're able to now do it again as a branch. And Ethereum classic is still out there as a branch, but each of these is basically like a hat on a hat. They're, trying to solve the same problem. Internet computer feels to me, this is my opinion, from looking at it, like it's trying to not only solve the same problem, but it's trying to solve other problems that nobody else has tackled. And if I'm reading what they're trying to do correctly, then I think, in my opinion, it's the next breakout star. Uh, I say that because from what I can tell, and I could be misreading it, but from what I can tell, They seem to be the main one focusing in a direction that has the greatest amount of price potential leading into 2022, going into a metaverse world. And the level of development that's been done so far is tremendous considering the life of the token. The original token was obviously there, but I'm talking the current iteration of the token has not been around too long. And yet they've made a significant growth impact over time they have a one of the best team uh structures i've seen and they've clearly invested a lot of time and money and effort into credibility into what's going and all the other tertiary projects that they're doing and i want my call to action for you is i want you to look into internet computer look at their site it's called definity.org and consider whether or not what I'm seeing, what I've described to you matches what you see, and you got to think about it from a potential perspective. There are other things they're doing now, but those pale in comparison to the potential, the the long-term, the future, and how they're trying to solve problems nobody else has really tried to solve. Time will tell whether they're truly successful. I'm going off the potential. And when you look at a diverse portfolio – Remember I said that you also want to have projects you believe in, that they're telling the story that resonates with you because if you believe in it, then the price movements where it dips don't matter as much as long as you're seeing tangible progress from them. And the reason in my call action is for you to go look at it is if you look at the graph, the graph doesn't tell the story about what you see in their tangible results. Normally that means that there's a huge price potential that has not been realized yet. And if you were to buy in to it, you have an opportunity to grow with this, grow with this organization and the profit potential would be rather, rather large. Now I'll wrap up by giving you a sense of what I see in terms of that potential that I just talked about. The fully diluted market cap, and if you go back to an old episode, I break down specifically what that is, but the fully diluted market cap simply says... If we were to price, if every token was sold, if every token was completely out of circulation and totally sold, or all tokens are in circulating that are in total supply, if there's parity to where there's not tokens that are just sitting unowned, unheld, unrotated, what would the total market cap be that's fully diluted in simple terms? Their current fully diluted is over 10 billion, coming up on 11 billion. But their current market cap, and this is predicated off of their circulating supply, and the circulating supply is just under 200 million out of a total supply of just under 500 million. Their market cap is roughly about 4 billion. That means there's still 6 billion worth of market cap yet to go in price potential. And I stress the word potential because it doesn't guarantee, but price potential movement. When you have that much potential in market cap, the gap in market cap and your trading volume is over 250 million which is nowhere close to ones like shib for example that means that the price for this it's it's way low from what i believe that it should be and to give you a sense of what i mean there was a point in time currently it's trading at about $20 $30 there was a point in time it was as high as $450 Solana has always been in like the 200, 300, 400 range in my assessment. When I look at this token, I struggle to understand why it's anywhere lower than $100 per coin because of the what they're doing and the utility of it, but also the fact that the circulating supply isn't even out yet and there still has significant amounts of supply yet to go into circulation. That means there's huge price potential to it. Is it going to be the next Ethereum? I don't say that high, but there's a huge profit potential that I see in this token and it's, it's front run, meaning that they have built out strong utility before they got to the point of their super price. So take a look at it. That's my call to action to you. Take a look at it. Look at what they're doing. Contrast that with the graph and ask yourself, it's like, okay, this one had this much growth and it has this much utility and contrast that with something like Doge and challenge why? And it's, it's simply because I think this one is underrated. I think this one's unknown or people don't, aren't really aware of the fact that I see significant price capability. I think it's a long play. So it's possible that the growth is happening organically, but the bear season is kind of skewing things but it hasn't hit anywhere close to its peak since it peaked way back in, what was it, uh, April or May. So I don't see that it's, it's trending downward only because, again, I see bear season. But from my angle, I struggle to see why it's lower than 100. That's a five times growth. So if you, if you were to invest in it, and I'm right, there's a huge profit move on this one, and it's a stable investment. You're not going to get the usual mechanics because it's not designed for that. This is one where you're investing in the project and you're investing in the utility and you believe in what the team's doing. That's the only reason you should do it. So that's my call to action again. Take a look at the internet computer, DFINITY.org. I believe it's a long, strong play, has the strong potential to shift in 2022 a lot of what we take for granted in this technology that we're introducing now to people. That's my read of it. Could I be wrong? Absolutely which is why you should only invest what you can afford to lose and you should make your own decision as to whether it makes sense for you to invest in it. I'm simply saying I see it as underrated. And remember, you can invest a dollar amount that works for you. So don't think that you have to invest $20 because the coin price is $20. If all you have is 10 you could do that. Just know that if it goes five times, the most you would make is 50 bucks. Maybe you're okay with that, right? But then the most you've ever lose is $10. So treat it like a basis. What is the amount of money you're okay losing to invest on it? Watch the price movement. If it makes sense and it's doing what you want it to do and you believe in the utility, then you invest a little bit more and a little bit more and get to a basis that you're comfortable with. And at no point should you invest more than you can afford to lose. But if it makes sense, invest more over time. You don't have to invest all at once. and You don't have to buy one coin. Invest what makes sense. That's all I got for you today. I'm not going to come back with an afternoon update because there's no real necessary reason to. Um, And I will cover Satama probably, I think probably tomorrow's update. I'll cover Satama that'll come out in the, the, that should come out prior to the afternoon because I've got my guest coming tomorrow. I'm really, really excited. (laughs) Yes. Um, He's still on schedule. So as long as he shows up, we're going to get that done. And that's when you'll hear about which token it is. I'm still not going to spoil it because he might not show up is why. Um, so I'm going to cover that tomorrow in addition to Satama because Satama's certic audit is ticking closer to the end of the audit. I think what's going to happen then, of course, is they're going to say, okay, we're at 100%. Now we're done, but we got to wait for this over here and people are going to get pissed off. So we're, we're still on target um, to hit before Christmas, which is just a little bit after mid-December, like I was just estimating, to wrap up the report. I suspect we're not going to see too much fallout from that until after Christmas, And if you are kind of dialing out for the Christmas holiday, like you're not going to be listening to the podcast for the next couple of days, do enjoy the holiday if it is a season that you enjoy from the country you're calling from. And if you are going to dial in tomorrow, like I said, I will have a, I'm planning, because he may not show, I'm planning to have a guest on the show tomorrow. He will be the first of hopefully um, a few guests that I've got on deck to get in. So that's going to be a different cadence you'll hear. I won't be covering very many of the news. I'll have a brief news update, get right into that discussion with that person and then do my aftermath and what I felt about the conversation. So for now, take care. Don't invest more than what you can afford to lose, please. And buy the dips.